Well, let's welcome back Coach Bruton. Coach, do you have team updates for us? Uh, you know, the big the big thing going here is it's our bye week, you know, so it's a, a really a great week for uh, working on technique, getting back to some fundamentals, refining some of the stuff, um, that we, you know, the constant, the consistent mistakes we've seen. Uh, but it's also been just a big week for, for rest, recovery, and recharging, you know, and um, we're pretty banged up as a football team, and, and you get to this point in the year, and everyone's um, not, not 100% healthy, but had a lot of guys that are getting really good time to rest and kind of recover and rehab some injuries, which is good. And um, We always, with our bye week, we always give our team off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of the bye week. So our guys, I think a lot of guys are really looking forward to a long weekend away from football. And, you know, even as coaches, it's really good to recharge and have a little bit more time with family and things like that. So um, just a really good time for us to kind of reset and, and, uh, and kind of get ready for, uh, for six more tough ones. Well, let's talk about this last week's game against St. Norbert. Your overall thoughts on the contest? You know, I thought we played. Uh, I thought we played harder. Um, we, we played with more energy. Um, you know, there, there was some really good things that happened. There was some bright spots. Um, you know, I thought up front they they were they were better than us up front on, on both sides. And, and you saw in the second half they kind of, they kind of wore down our defensive line. Um, wore down kind of our, our linebacking core, our front six or front seven on defense, kind of got worn down uh, just by their size and physicality. And I thought the same thing with their defensive line. I was really impressed with St. Nova's defensive line and um, their ability to, to kind of control things up front and control our offensive line. And, um, that being said, there, there was a lot of bright spots. You know, we felt like we did a lot of good things. Um, we're playing a lot of young guys, and a lot of young players are starting to take some steps forward. And, um, you saw that with, with Robbie, uh, quarterback. You know, I thought he played really well and, and took some big steps. Uh, just from his first start to his second start, he was significantly better. Um, had some young receivers that made some more plays, which was good to see. Um, and then defensively, we had you know, again had some young guys that that played well. Um, you know, the biggest thing for us right now is we have a lot of young kids that are getting experience that um, they're probably not quite ready for. Um, they're playing a little bit before they should be. Um, but they're going to be better off down the line for this experience. And, and that's something that we keep looking at and keep preaching. It's just, you know, we got to keep continuing to work to get better. Um, I thought we saw that. I thought we played, played better. Um, obviously, we're not happy with the results, and we're not, we're not singing for, you know, we're not happy about moral victories around here, but, but there was some, some optimism with some of the improvement. Now, you guys so far this season have looked very good in the first half. Teams have gotten the yep. little bit of the better of you guys in the second half. Is that kind of just a product of younger guys just learning systems and getting their feet wet in college football? Yeah, I think uh, a little bit is just our lack of depth. You know, we, we don't have great depth right now. Um, you know, when St. Norbert's, um, you know, we, we, we ran 53 snaps in the first half offensively, which is a, it's a great number. That's something that we strive for. Um, and they were, you know, they were lined, it was like a hockey team line changing their defensive line. Um, and their line changes went from, you know, juniors and seniors to more juniors and seniors. Uh, when we make those subs, you know, we're going from upperclassmen to freshmen. Um, so I, I think just not having that quality depth, you know, we've probably gotten worn down a little bit in, in the second half of games. Um, some of it I think is just, you know, we just haven't played, we haven't executed really well, haven't played really well in the second half of games. And, um, but we continue to look at it, continue to look at like what we're doing at halftime, how we're uh, meeting as a team, how we're coming out of the half, um, you know, and just, just trying, to, uh, trying to make those adjustments because we haven't, you know, you're right, we haven't been great out of the half, um, haven't been great in the second half. Um, and, and some of it's just been execution and things like that. So some of it's a little bit more situational. Um, 
but we'll, we'll continue to look at that. And, and again, I think um, you're know, just continuing to develop depth. We're going to be better off long term than, than we are right now. Uh, but we're kind of in it right now. You know, we're, we're we're playing a lot of young guys that are that are getting experience, and you know, we have some guys that should be playing, you know, in a JV game and should be, you know, really good JV players that, that instead are playing significant snaps on Saturday. And, and that's, you know, a good thing, a good thing long-term, uh, but it's not a great thing when you're in it. You talked about this a little bit already, but Robbie Michael had a, a very solid day at quarterback. How do you feel that he, you know, kind of progressed from the Wisconsin Lutheran game to St. Norbert? Yeah, he just seemed more comfortable. Uh, I think throwing the ball, he seemed more comfortable, seemed – um, you're just, just more comfortable going through his progression in the pocket. Um, he's such a good athlete that I think sometimes when you're, when you're really good with your feet as a quarterback, um, you get a little impatient and you want to leave the pocket because you know you can do things with your feet. Um, and just trying to get him to be a little more comfortable standing in there. Um, you know, but he really makes a ton of plays when he does leave the pocket. And that's what, something that he did really well. He extended plays, um, you know, threw a touchdown pass on really an extended play, um, you know, with, with Jay being out, we used him a lot as our primary runner. Um, and I thought he ran the ball really effectively. Um, just kind of hits it, you know, with with, uh, with really good pace and speed and has great agility and things like that. So uh, just seemed overall much more comfortable in the pocket. He's building a you know, pretty good rapport now with some of our receivers. The more they work together and the more reps he gets. So um, just a huge step forward. Um, he's got so much potential. And that's the thing that, that I think, again, like, you know, Robbie is is a kid that um, you know might be playing a little bit before he was really ready. You know, I, I didn't expect him to be the starter of game three um, as a freshman, but but thought he was a guy that sometime later in the year may have been a guy that could have taken more reps. Um, but he's got potential to be you know like a conference player of the year or first team all conference quarterback down the line, and, and that's what's exciting is that he's going to continue to get better. He works really hard, um, and he's just so damn competitive, and that's the thing I love about him. He's so competitive. Um, it's gonna it's gonna serve him well, like down the line. Robbie had a big day rushing for you, as you mentioned. Jay was out. Looked like the running game struggled. Otherwise, is is that just a product of Saint Norbert being so good, or are there concerns that you have about somebody being able to step up when Jay's out? Uh, you know, I think uh, Jay brings a little bit different dynamic to our running game. He's a little bit more explosive. Just has a little bit different gear. Um, you know, he gets he gets uh, vertical in the run game and, and can hit things a little bit quicker than our other backs. Um, you know, I thought, you know, Gabe Minas scored his first college touchdown, had a really nice run to score. Um, you know, Vaughn has played better than he has the first couple weeks, but, um, you know, I think Jay is, it just brings a little different dimension. Um, so that was part of it. The other part of it was that, you know, we struggled in the run game against their defensive line. And, and St. Norbert's has a, a veteran defensive line um, that's very strong up front. And I thought their strength um, you know, made a difference. You know, there were some times that we were running the ball, calling run plays into very favorable boxes. You know, they were giving us four-man boxes or five-man boxes where we should have had more success running the ball, and we just, you know, one-on-one blocking just, just didn't match up. Um, so a little bit of everything, um, but there's no doubt that, that Jay brings a different dimension to our run game. Um, you can just look at the stats. I think he's averaging like nine yards a carry on the season, and our other backs just just aren't you know aren't at that level right now and um so i don't think it's uh you know i I don't think uh it's a mystery that like i said he's our top back uh but i think those other backs still still are capable of giving us good carries um you know probably just not as many of the splash plays that we've seen with with jay back there 
I, I thought the defense played well. It looked like the big play kind of hurt you in this game. What, what were your thoughts about the performance of your defense? Yeah, I thought we played okay. Um, you know, we were without a uh, starting corner. Um, you know, Trell was out with, with an injury, and, and uh, Marquise Collins, who's a freshman, was going to be a really, really good player here. Um, again, was a guy that was playing a little before he was ready, um, and they attacked him. You know, it, we've been uh, you know we've been pretty good at corner. Uh, Jason Wilder, who's been our boundary corner, uh, he's playing about as good a football as anybody I've seen on film in the whole conference. You know, I, I think he should be a first team all league co- uh, corner. Um, he's at the point now where no one is throwing the ball his way. You know, so our our other corner is getting attacked quite a bit. Um, Marquise was a guy that you know again a freshman was in really good position on a lot of those big pass plays. Um, and just as a point of attack, their receivers made plays. And, um, again, kind of a guy getting his first college experience and was put into a really difficult situation. You know, because of St. Norbert's run game, uh, we put him on an island quite a bit, and he got beat a few times. And, again, he's a guy that, you know, I think has the ability to be an all-conference player here. Um, you know, and he's going to be better off from that experience. Uh, but he got beat a few times, and, and they, you know, you could see right away that um, they were going to attack him and then attack a few of our other guys in the secondary, and they hit some big plays on, on pass plays. And um, the encouraging thing is it wasn't blown coverages. It wasn't uh, situations where we couldn't cover guys. We were in position, you know, just at the, uh, you know, at the point of attack, they made the play. Um, so, you know, that was a little bit of it. And then I thought in the second half, um, they ran the ball pretty effectively in the second half, and it wasn't huge chunk plays. It wasn't, you know, 15, 20-yard gains, but it was four- and five-yard gains and just kind of wore us down a little bit. And, um, you know, we were without a starting linebacker. Uh, C.J. Kobe was out, you know, so that was another body that was out. Um, you know, we, we were a little thin on the defensive line. They had a couple guys out, so we were playing, you know, kind of our rotation became a few more young guys, and uh, they took advantage of that. And, and, again, our depth, especially on the D-line, is pretty thin. Um you know, they wore us down a little bit late. But overall, I thought our defense hung in there um, and gave us a shot. You know, we, uh, you know, we're asking a lot of some of those guys. They're playing a ton of snaps. And, and um, you know, I think overall they're doing a pretty good job. Now, this week you mentioned bye week for you, giving the team off this weekend. Kind of just talk a little bit about you were discussing, you know, team battling through some injuries and things like that. What does it mean to the team, do you think, at this point, to have like a little respite where they can get away for a few days? Yeah, I think it's really important. You know, we, we really, um, regardless of the situation, we really try to emphasize rest and recovery. Um, we probably practice, you know, less time than, than almost any team in the country. We usually go about an hour 15 to an hour and a half max. Um, this week we've gone a little over an hour with, with our practices. And um, I think it's important, you know, obviously from a physical standpoint, for guys to get away from it and just kind of get, uh, not, not have the, uh, the physical toll on their bodies, but just mentally being able to get away and um, spend time with your friends. Some of our guys will go home for the, for the long weekend. Um, you know, some guys will stay here, you know, but just being away from, from football for a couple of days and just being able to reset mentally, it, I think is really important. You know, we've been going with camp. We've been going for about eight weeks now. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's, it's a long time. And it's uh, mentally, it's, it's tough. You know, and our guys have so many stresses with, uh, I think, as I mentioned last week, you know, just with school and, and a lot of our guys are working and um, different family dynamics and just different stresses of life. So to be able to take kind of that football stress away, at least for a weekend, uh, I think it's really important, you know. And, and again, you know, just coaches, we're looking forward to it. A lot of our coaches are getting away for the weekend and um, just doing different things, spending time with family. And it's, it's really important for us to get away and kind of recharge and, and reset. So 
Um, it's coming at a, at, at a really good time, you know, and it doesn't really change, you know, whether you're having, you know, last year we were 4-0 and at this point entering the bye week, and, and we felt the same way. It was just good to get away um, and just kind of reset a little bit. So uh, the bye week is always, you know, always, uh, I think, look forward to. And, again, I think the way we handle it, we really try to emphasize, you know, just getting our guys mentally away from, from football and, you know, spending time doing other stuff they like to do for, for a couple days at least. Let's jump into fan questions. We'll start with Aaron. It says, Coach, with the start that the team is off to this year, does it make sense to start looking at some of your younger guys to start prepping for next season? Uh, no. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to win every game. So it's not like, um, it's not like we're going to you know, make decisions based on next year. I mean, we're, we're focused on – we have six games left, and um, we want to win all six, you know, and, and, be, and be as competitive as we can be and continue to improve – um, now, the hope is that some of those young guys, now that we're about the midway part of the season, are going to become more ready to, to take some reps. And maybe it's not starting reps, but, you know, a guy that's been on, on you know, just a couple special teams now may be able to play some snaps on defense. Or uh, a young receiver who's, you know, developing in practice is going to be able to take some reps and things like that. So, you know, we're, as I, as I said, you know, we've, uh, we've played a lot of young kids. You know, we played a lot more freshmen than we did, say, a year ago. Um, and those guys are going to be much better off down the line. Um, but we're, we're still in the middle of it. We're not even at the halfway point of the season yet. Um, and there's still a ton of winnable games down the road. Um, and we're looking to put the guys in position to be as successful as we can on Saturday. Um, and that, that's the focus. So if it's a young guy that gives us the best chance to win, uh, we're going to play the young guy. Um, you know, but, but if it's not, you know, we're going to play the guys that we feel like give us the best shot. So that's kind of the focus uh, while always trying to develop players, you know, whether it's developing a senior, um, a guy who has six games left, we're trying to make that player better. Um, and also, obviously, we're trying to focus on our young guys to make sure they're getting better and continually improving. You know, I think sometimes people forget that this isn't the pros where, like, you may rebuild with younger guys or some of that because veteran guys will go somewhere else. But your seniors, this is their last time of playing football. You don't want to you know, start looking at younger guys just so they don't get an opportunity to win in their final games of playing college football. For sure, for sure. And our seniors have given so much to our program. They've been a part of a ton of uh, huge wins and, you know, really successful moments. And a lot of those guys are obviously playing pretty well, you know. Um, like I said, Jason Wilder, I think, is playing as good as anybody in the conference. And a couple of our senior offensive linemen are having pretty good years. And um, there's a number of other guys I'm sure I'm missing, but you know we're we're certainly not going to shortchange those guys at, at the sake of of next year. You know that's it, not that's not how we would ever operate. And um, the hope is that everybody's improving, everybody's getting better, and and those young guys are fighting for more time, but they're doing it um, because they're just, they're playing better and and they're getting better. Mark asks, he says Beverly looks great, but he looks like he needs to put on some weight. Do you expect him to be able to handle the load of carrying the ball 20 plus times per game? Yeah, I mean he's, he's he's definitely a smaller guy. Um, you know, I think sometimes when you're when you're his size, um, you know, you're harder to tackle. You're harder to get solid contact on. Um, he plays with a really good pad level and things like that. Um, you know, for instance, in, in the Buena Vista game, they barely tackled him at all, and that's a really good strategy uh, to avoid to avoid injury and things like that. And um, he should be back. You know, we're, we're expecting he'll be back next week. Um, so it wasn't wasn't a major injury or anything like that. So. Um, you know, I, I think all the time you, you, with our off-season program and with our in-season lifting program and things like that, we hope he's going to put on good weight, um, good muscle, uh, but not at the expense of his speed. You know, that's really the thing that, that separates him is he's got a great burst. 
Um, so we want to make sure that um, want to make sure that that he um, you know continues to have that speed. I don't want to see him put on 20 pounds or 10 pounds at the sake of of not being as fast or as quick or things like that. So our, our offseason program we really emphasize speed development. Uh, I think speed is the number one you know factor in winning and losing games uh, when you talk about like development. Uh, so we'll continue to do that. But yeah, I think he he certainly has the ability to put on some good weight. Um, and maybe be a little bit more durable. But uh, I've only seen so far, you know, he carried it 34 times against Wisconsin Lutheran, and, and I thought had a really good game and, and ran the ball hard, had a couple of receptions. I think he had 36 or 37 touches in that game, and that's probably a little too many. Um, but I think, you know, him carrying it 20 to 25 times a game is, is certainly something he's capable of doing. Well, if he's looking for a little extra weight, he's welcome to some of mine. So I'm just passing <laughs> <it> off. Perfect. <laughs> um, Next up, we have Emily who would like to know, do bye weeks rotate in terms of how often or when they occur in the season? Because it seems like we're always getting them early in the year. Yeah, they do. Uh, it actually was a point of emphasis this year with, with kind of conversation with our coaches um, about kind of when the bye week will occur. So kind of the way it works now, the, the conference schedule is, is nine weeks. You're going to play eight games. Um and then you're going to have a bye week. So, you know, one of the nine weeks you'll have a bye week. Um, our bye week this year, you know, um, the last two years, I should say, with a conference schedule. Um, this has been St. Norbert since St. Norbert's joined the conference last season. Um, so your bye week now, every two years, will either be in the first third of the season, the second third of the season, or the third third of the season, if that makes sense. Um, so next year we have a much later bye week. I think our, our bye week next year is week eight or nine of the season. So, you know, we have the bye week, then play, I think, two more games or maybe three more games, something like that. So um, I, I love where we have it right now. It's kind of, a, you know, almost the midpoint of the year. Um, I think it's a really good time to have a bye week. Um, you know, the late season bye weeks, you know, might be a little too late. You know, I think there's, um, you know, some, one team in our conference has a bye week, you know, the last week of the season. You know, so you don't play week 11, you play 10 straight weeks. And that's just you know kind of kind of randomly how it works out, and um, I think there's some benefits to having it early. But yeah, we'll rotate, and like I said, next year we'll be on the back end, so we're in that last three weeks. I believe we have the bye week like before our last two games, and um, I think that's great. You know, if you're in playoff contention and you get a chance to kind of get two weeks to prepare for an opponent late in the year, and, and you're healthy, and it could be a great time to have a bye week. Um, it also could be if you're having a rough year. Uh, having a bye week that late may not be great. You know, is there, is there a desire to continue practicing for another week or something like that? So, you know, I think it really depends on, on, on your program, depends on the year. But I really like where we've had it this year, uh, where we had it last year. Uh, like I said, we've been in the bye week in two totally different situations. Last year we were 4-0, coming off a huge win against St. Norbert's. Um, this year we're 0-4 and we're coming off a tough loss to St. Norbert's there. You know, we've kind of seen it both ways, but but I think the place in the schedule we've had it this year has been pretty beneficial. Next up is Henry, who would like to know, because of the way they are ranked and the way that all of these college broadcasters are talking, do you feel like the only really important regular season games this year are when Georgia takes on Alabama and Ohio State takes on Michigan? I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's true. I don't, I don't know if Georgia and Alabama play in the regular season. Um, I think they'll play in the SEC championship. I, I don't think they play. Um, but I think the, the really interesting thing is I think there's, there's Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State, and everybody feels like that's a top three. 
Um, and then there's kind of a line. And then there's who's for. And when we start looking at the college football playoff, I think, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of the question is who's going to be for, you know. And, and you look at some of the teams, you know, I think Michigan I got a chance to watch a little bit of their game in the first quarter. I think they have some flaws. And USC, I think, definitely has some flaws. And um, I, don't, I don't think there's a clear consensus of who four is. And, and that's, that's also to say that Alabama and Georgia are going to run through the SEC without losing. And uh, So I think there's a lot of variables. I think people, you know, early in the year, um, you see one or two games and you think these guys are unbeatable. And it's a long season. And, and for those guys, it's even long. You know, we play a 10-game season, they play 12. You know, so adding two extra games, there's just different variables. But I think there's a lot of interesting games to figure out, you know, if those teams are the, the clear three, who number four is. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of a – I think there's a lot of college football left. And I think there's also – you know, I think there's a ton of importance put on the playoff, understandably. But, you know, there's a lot of games that mean a lot to people, um, regardless of if there's playoff implications, you know. Um, in Wisconsin here, you know, when they play Minnesota, it's a huge game regardless of the records. Or they play Iowa, it's a huge game. Or, you know, Illinois plays Northwestern, it's a huge game. You know, some of those rivalry games are just, just teams that um, – you know, maybe a plan for bowl contention becomes a huge game for that program. And, you know, every program's kind of at a different, a different point and, and different games have different meaning. Next up is Tatum who says, your team is tied for the top record in the NFC North. You must be pretty excited. I am not excited at all. They are awful. Um, <laughs> I saw some of the stats with Fields, and, and that's the biggest thing, I think, for the Bears this year is just figuring out, like, who Fields is and, was he the guy? Um, and I was really excited. When, he, when they drafted him, I was really excited. I thought we finally had a quarterback. And uh, I don't know if it's pl- just putting on that Bears jersey. If you, uh, you know, you play quarterback and you put on a Bears jersey and all of a sudden you, you lose your ability or some of that, like some sort of curse or what. But he, he just does not look like he's it. So um, until they figure that out, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of confidence. Uh, that being said, I think they have the Giants this week. And, another winnable game, so three and one's possible, and, and then I guess who knows, but the defense is playing really well, uh, but there's just not a lot on that offense to be excited about, so no, we're not we're, we're not, uh, not puffing our chests out yet. Randy says, Coach, did you see that player kick a punt off of his teammate's butt this past weekend? Have you ever seen something embarrassing like that in person? No, haven't seen that one uh, before. There is, you know, a lot of teams now are going to more of that shield punt, and you'll see it happen a little bit more often, or not, uh, or close to happening more than you think. Um, you know, the teams will put their punter at about 14 yards. The shield's usually at about seven or eight. And if those shield guys move back at all, I mean, you're you're in that you're in that realm of uh, of possibly taking one, um, you know, off the caboose, I guess, but. Haven't seen that live. Haven't seen that, but I, 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 you know, it doesn't shock me that it happens, especially in a situation where you're really backed up. So now instead of the punter being at 14, he's at 10 or 11, maybe. Um, but yeah, just you know, that that one's gonna live on for a while. You'll see it on uh, on NFL films and all that kind of stuff. All the all the uh, blooper highlights and things like that. Dyson says they have cinnamon tasting candy and all kinds of different cost coffee candies. How would you feel about a pizza tasting candy? I don't know. I mean, I, I love pizza. I also love candy. I don't know if we have to mix the two things. You know, I think you see this with, you know, I think you see this with, with different things that are good and we feel like we can just combine anything. You know, like, I love bacon. We don't need to wrap bacon in everything, you know, or, or around everything. So I think there's sometimes you can just keep two really good things to keep them apart um, and, and go from there. So I'm going to pass on pizza-flavored candy. 
Um, but again, just have pizza, then have candy, or have candy and then have pizza, either way. Um, but don't need to combine the two in, into one. Well, those were already some great words of wisdom. We'll leave you another chance here with words of wisdom from Coach Bruton this week. Yeah, I think uh, I think my words of wisdom this week just just value time with family. You know, we we talked a lot. You know, with the bye week and um, we're all so busy. You know, and we're so busy doing a, a hundred different things. And and kids are busy with school and and sports and different things. But you know, make sure you really value your time with your family. And I think sometimes that can get lost, but. I'm really looking forward to time with family this weekend. I know a lot of our players are um, looking to go home and see family, but uh, don't don't take for granted this the time you get with your with your kids or the time you get with your spouse, the time you get with your siblings. Uh, really value that time and, and be intentional about that time. And um, you know, again, I, I think those, those people are put in your life for a reason, and, and you want to make sure that that you just you know just really value time. Um, so that's my words: value time with your family this week. Fantastic. Coach Bruton, thanks for joining us this week. I appreciate it, Rob. Take care, buddy.